you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, welcome to episode 116, episode 116 of the Banner Banter Podcast, I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G, how's everyone doing, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast, and as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts, and there's a brand new podcast called Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz. If you're from the New England, Boston area, you know Maddie in the morning from Kiss 108. Joe Maz sat down for the very first episode of Boston Uncommon and chatted with Maddie in the morning. It was a great interview. Go check it out. It's available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You also got the Marky P Show. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Let's Get Rich podcast. Those girls you know, drinks after work, eat the damn cake, and burnt toast. And what's also exciting, this is a Hashtag Manscaped Pod. That's right. Big Night Media and all their podcasts are sponsored by Manscaped. So, with a discount code, find your balls. Find your balls. All one word, 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and get the perfect package 3.0. It is a luxury grooming kit featuring the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It trims at 7,000 RPMs. It's waterproof. It also comes with boxer briefs, ball toner ball deodorant and a newspaper to collect all the clippings if you will so go check that out at manscaped.com use the discount code find your balls for 20 percent off and free shipping i promise you if you're a man you will enjoy the lawnmower 3.0 that is a gear run t all right anyways let's get into the two game week that the boston celtics had and then they have a very very busy week the schedule really ramps back up again they play four games this week. I'll preview them all with you. So first off, they lost to the new two. I was just about to say the New Jersey Nets. <laughs> oh my God! I was just about to say the New Jersey Nets, but they lost to the Brooklyn Nets, one twenty-one to one hundred nine on TNT on national TV. And then last night they absolutely destroyed the Houston Rockets, one thirty-four to one hundred seven. They have now won five out of their last six games and are currently fifth in the East half game behind the Miami Heat, who I believe have either won 11 out of 12 or 12 out of 13. Since Jimmy Butler has come back and is 100% healthy, he is out of control. He's played so well. They're winning games without Bam Adebayo because of how good Jimmy Butler has played. We don't have to worry about the, or we being the Celtics, don't have to worry about the Miami Heat until I think Mother's Day weekend is when they played the Heat 
two times in three nights, both at the Garden. And that could have some playoff seating implications. But for right now, the Miami Heat, you could argue, are playing the best basketball out of anyone in the NBA right now. So the upcoming week for the Celtics that we'll talk about in a little bit, they play the Utah Jazz tomorrow night if you're listening on Monday or tonight if you're listening on Tuesday or you missed the game last night if you're listening on Wednesday. But they play the Utah Jazz tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. at the Garden. Then the following night, the Celtics travel to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Cavaliers at 8 p.m. They're back home on Friday to play the Sacramento Kings at TD Garden. And then Sunday, unfortunately, is a matinee game. It's a 3.30 game, but the good part is it is at home at TD Garden. So before we get into the recap of the Nets and the Rockets game, just some quick news from the Boston Celtics. Uh, Paul Pierce, just want to congratulate him for being the one of the finalists in the 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame class. So congratulations to him. The NCAA bracket is set. That's going to be really cool. I'm thinking about maybe doing a Banner Banter podcast bracket. We'll talk about that. I'll probably post it on all the, on all the social medias. If you are interested, get your email addresses, send out the bracket, and maybe the winner can uh, get a free banner banter hat or jacket or something i'm thinking about it i'll look into it i'll post it on all the social medias at banner banter 18 on twitter and at banner banter podcast on facebook and instagram and then finally the celtics and nike and the rest of the nba uh released the earned edition jerseys and basically what that is it's all 16 teams that made the playoffs get now a fourth jersey so you have your your basic home your basic uh road jersey your alternative jersey your city edition jersey and now the earned jersey so that means if you're a playoff team you have five different jerseys and i hate them i hate them so much i don't understand them in any way shape or form i really don't i don't understand why there is lime green trimming do i have any issues with lime green no i do not I, I, I respect the color of lime green, but I don't understand where lime green comes into play with the Boston Celtics. I really and truly need someone to explain that to me as soon as possible. And like in the words of Cat Williams, don't worry, I'll wait. Don't worry, I'll wait. I need to know why there is lime green on these jerseys because it makes zero sense to me. I, you could have put orange on these things, and it would have made more sense to me. Do you want to know why? Because orange was a part of the older Celtics logos. So I don't get it. Are, are they trying to make the Celtics cool, hip, and new? No. The Celtics are an old-school franchise, just like the Lakers. Just like, uh, yeah, just like the Lakers. I feel like those are the only two old-school franchises like in the league. Like You could say the Chicago Bulls, but... You know, they're 90s. You could say the Philadelphia 76ers are old school. The Atlanta Hawks are old school. But because Atlanta Hawks are so bad, they've had to change their logo around 78 million times. I hate the jerseys. I absolutely hate them. Maybe there'll be some cool warm-ups. I, I, like I said, I have no issue with lime green. I just have issues with lime green on top of Kelly green, which is what the Celtics' main color is, Kelly green. For those of you at home that don't know and just thought it was green, it's called Kelly green. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it in any way, shape, or form. I think it sucks, and I and I hope I never see it on the parquet. Watch it be the very first game that we go back to on March 29th against the Pelicans at TD Garden. But, like, oh, my God, I better not see it ever, 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 ever. It's disgusting. All right. 
let's talk about the Nets game. Let's talk about the Rockets game. We'll do sudden dud of the week. And by the way, sudden dud of the week, I'm going to talk my shit. I'll tell you that right now. You may find me annoying around sudden dud of the week. I'll tell you that right now. But the Nets game, no Romeo Langford for the Celtics. Marcus Smart came back on a minute restriction, 20 to 22 minutes right now. We'll see how quickly that extends, how long it stays, whatever the case may be, I'm sure. In the upcoming few games, especially in back-to-backs, I'll be very interested to see what Brad Stevens, what the training staff does with Marcus Smart's injury situation. So, no Romeo for the Celtics, no Kevin Durant, no Blake Griffin for the, uh, oh my god, I was going to say it again, the New Jersey Nets. I'm just going to call them the New the New Jersey Nets. I'm old school. I like the vintage stuff. So that's what I'm going to call. But starting off early, Jalen Brown was very aggressive early, but just the shots weren't falling. He was one and nine in the first half. That's gonna. That's not going to help you win a lot of basketball games when your all star is shooting one of nine from the field. The Celtics had ten points to start, and eight of them were from the paint area. So they did what they had to do because. To be honest with you, minus Andre Jordan, there's really not a lot of size. Yes, there's Claxton. He's he's a backup, but to start, you know, if Kevin Durant isn't playing and you have Kyrie and Harden and Brown and Harris and DeAndre Jordan, there isn't a lot of size there. So the Celtics did get a majority of their points in the paint, which was a good call by Brad Stevens. And if you remember last week when I said I was worried about Kemba Walker and his time off, well, he shut me right up to start by scoring nine points. At one point, he was literally outscoring the Nets. Kemba had nine points. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets had eight points. With that being said, those points were the only points that he scored in the first three quarters. And I'm going to talk about Kemba Walker in a little bit and why that kind of annoyed me. But Marcus Smart comes in for the first time and Nets and the Nets go on an 8-2 run. So, so much for bringing that energy, at least in this game. He brought it in the Rockets game for sure. The Celtics did not start off the Rockets game very well. And then Marcus Smart and the Time Lord came in and everything changed. So just not it didn't work this game, but it will work down the road, and it showed that it will work against the Houston Rockets, which again isn't saying much, but we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it was the first time we saw Jalen and Jason and Kemba and Marcus uh, all together, probably since the first time since early January when Kemba came back into the mix, and it was for about five minutes to go in the second quarter, and the Celtics ended the second quarter very strong with that with that unit. I mean, but the issue is. With the Celtics getting an 11-point lead, they let Landry Shaman just hit all the threes, as always, because they always have one player every single game from every single team that just heats it up. And his three-point shooting and how open he was was the reason why the Nets were still in this game. If he missed maybe two or three more of the threes that he hit, because I think he hit five for the entire game, this would have been a completely different game, especially since the fact that the Celtics came out firing in the second half. Jalen Brown hit a three, part of a 9-0 run, and the team went back and forth for a little bit, and the thing was, Landry Shamit was open because the Celtics just got lazy at times. They weren't flying around. They were more worried about James Harden and Kyrie Irving, which is completely understandable, but when a guy is hitting three, four, five threes in front of you, you got to keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't have wide open shots. And that's what happened. Brad did go with a little 2-3 zone that threw the nets off a bit. I, to be honest with you, it was a 2-3 zone, but it also looked like a 1-2-2 zone. I, I, I couldn't really tell with the way that it was moving. So, you know, I'm no basketball expert in any way, shape, or form, but I do know for a fact that it was a zone. And... It, it definitely threw the Nets off a bit. Marcus 
his sh- uh, wow brain fart city Marcus shooting was pretty good it it saved the Celtics kept into it but Kyrie was doing Kyrie Irving things and folks I don't care if you don't like what I'm about to say right now but Kyrie Irving is so good at basketball I don't care what locker room issues he had I could watch Kyrie Irving play basketball all day and if you hate him enough to the point where you can't even respect his game then shame on you that's on you but because of Kyrie Irving he dropped a 40 piece he literally dropped a 40-piece right on your head. And the Nets extended the lead a bit late in that third quarter, going on an 8-0 run. Seas fought back, got it down to two. The Time Lord helped with two blocks, including one where he had to switch out and block a three, which he was basically told where to go by Marcus Smart. He went and he blocked a shot. That is a huge improvement for the Time Lord. We haven't seen that before, and I know they lost, but I'm trying to look for some positives here because it has been a weird year. But basically, Time Lord had to switch. Marcus told him, go over there. He did, and he actually blocked Landry Shamich three-point shot in the corner and if that went in would have been completely different because going into the fourth quarter the Celtics are three and 12 when they are losing and now they're three and 13 but in classic Celtics fashion they allowed the Nets to start on a great run on a on a 12-4 run so annoying like literally to to be in the game for a good chunk of time and then literally allow a team to score eight more points than you because Grant Williams is on the floor is awful. And I'll put that on Brad Stevens. I know Brad Stevens has shortened their rotations. Since Brad Stevens has shortened their rotations, I believe they're five and two or five or five and one or something along those lines. But the people complain that Brad Stevens is playing too many guys. And now he's shortening the rotation. And people still aren't happy because Grant Williams are is involved. And to be honest with you, I don't blame him. But there are times in this game, where Grant Williams was so, 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 so bad. I mean, Grant Williams should not be doing catch-and-shoot threes or trying to pick up James Harden in transition. That's awful. I understand the ball scores, but Grant Williams needs to know that if the Celtics miss a shot, James Harden gets a rebound, he starts dribbling up. Just because you're the closest person to him does not mean you have to pick him up at half court if your name is Grant Williams. Awful, awful, awful stuff. And I'm sick of seeing him. Like, we saw a little bit of him in the Rockets game once they were leading. Fine. If he's the first guy that come out on the bench, off the bench, when there's a blowout, I'm all for it. But besides that, Grant Williams should not be playing. Shemi, again, he's very up and down, but I trust Shemi more than I do Grant Williams. And I think we can all agree in that. Now, if it was up to me, obviously, neither of them would be playing. Shemi has played okay this year, but he's also very streaky. And it's crazy because ever since Brad Stevens has shortened these rotations, Grant Williams and semi have two did not play via coach's decision in this little run. So that's very interesting. So you just got to figure it out. But with that being said, Jason Tatum did carry this team. Brad made some bad decisions, sending some doubles against Kyrie and James Harden, left some shooters open. That wasn't great. But Jason Tatum had a very, very good game on national TV. He showed up when it mattered. He had a great game. Jalen, not so much. Kemba, not so much. But Jason Tatum was fantastic in this game. Shots were falling. He was being aggressive. I I loved Jason Tatum's game in this Nets game. But either way, they lost, uh, what was it, 121-109. to So the Rockets game last night, the Rockets didn't have anyone. They didn't have Christian Wood. They didn't have John Wall. P.J. Tucker is basically going to get released by them, bought out by another team. Uh, they didn't have Aaron Gordon. 
believe Cousins is gone. He's be he's going to get picked up by a team pretty soon. But Jason Tatum started off aggressive on offense, but the defense sucked. There was way too many open threes that they gave the Rockets, which kind of gave the Rockets confidence a little bit. And the fact that the Rockets have the lowest scoring offense in the NBA, no one scores less amount of points per game than the Houston Rockets. And to allow, I think it was 34 points in that first quarter to the Houston Rockets is absolutely deplorable, despicable, whatever the case may be. But things changed when Marcus Smart and the Time Lord came in. The Celtics, I think, were down like 10 to the Rockets, maybe 8, maybe 9. And then Marcus and the Time Lord come in, and they go on a 10-1 run. You love that. Kind of get back, kind of get in the lead. And the bench was terrific. I mean, between Jeff Teague, the time, no, I'm sorry, not Jeff Teague, Shemi Ojale, Peyton Pritchard, the Time Lord, and Marcus Smart, in the first quarter, they combined for 17 points on 7 of 8 shooting. You can't ask much more from your bench. One of the difficult things to watch was Kemba Walker in the first half. To start the game, Kemba Walker was taking way too many threes. I think he was 0 of 5 or 0 of 6 in that first half. I need Kemba Walker to get better looks. He can't start off like that. But the Celtics ball movement picked up. They got aggressive. They were attacking the rim, and the bench was hitting their open shots, especially off of driving kicks. And next thing you know, the Celtics have an 18-point lead with six minutes to go in that second quarter, all because of Jalen Brown, because Jalen Brown was terrific. He had 21 points in the first half. I think he only finished with, like, 23 points. That's okay. He barely played in the fourth quarter. I don't think he played in the fourth quarter at all, which is perfect, especially with a, a tough schedule coming up. You want those guys to play as few of minutes as possible. So I was okay with that. The other thing that I really liked was Kemba came out in the third quarter. He went lights out. He dropped 11 straight points for the Celtics. He played really well, but then after that, he really didn't do much, and he only finished with 13 points. So there was definitely some good in this game. Jeff Teague played well for a little bit. Peyton Pritchard hit some shots. He kind of led the bench unit when it, once it was a blowout. Shemi Ojale hit a bunch of threes. Shemi Ojale in the first half was lights out. He had open looks off of driving kicks. He stuck them. That's all you can ask for a guy off the bench to be ready, especially having... I don't think he played a lot in the Nets game. I know he played. I just don't think he played a lot in the Nets game. Or, to be honest with you, maybe he didn't play at all. But one thing that I do respect about Shemi and Grant is that they always stay ready. So if... I really don't think Shemi played in that Nets game. I I, I could be wrong. I'm going to check it, like, live right now. Uh, So please bear with me and the World Wide Web. But if that's the one... Did yeah, Shemi Shemi did not play. So Shemi did not play in that Nets game, and for him to have all that time off to come back and play the way that he did in this game, at one point he was a plus thirty. Like Shemi Ojale was a team high plus thirty. You gotta respect that, and I appreciate that from Shemi. He's a true professional. Whether he's good, great, bad, whatever the case may be, last night against the Rockets, he was good, and I respect that. So now it is time for stud and dud of the week hit the music and now it is time for the celtics stud and the celtics dud of the week All right, it is time for Stud and Dud of the Week on episode 116, and I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback here. No, it's not going to be a banner banter investigation. Maybe I'll do one of those pretty soon for you to kind of catch you off guard, but we'll see. But we are going to go back to the very first episode, 
first week of August, 2018, I recap the Boston Celtics draft, where they drafted Robert Lee Williams III, a.k.a. the Time Lord, and let's just say, put some respect on my name. The Celtics went out and just said, you know what? We're deep. Let's take a risk. And what they did at the 27th pick was draft Texas A&M's Robert Williams. Now, Robert Williams, um, I have to give him a, a nice little salute because he dominated the University of North Carolina in the Final Four tournament. And obviously, as a Duke fan, um, I love to see that. But I think Robert Williams can be a huge, huge piece to this team. A few moments later. Robert Williams can help this team as long as he gets his mind right. And I'm willing to give him a chance to do that if he gets his head on straight. And I just want everyone to give the kid a chance. He can be a legit NBA player that can block shots and rebound the ball well, which is, as we all know, is something the Boston Celtics really need. Yep, that's right. That was me. I talked about Robert Williams for over six minutes in episode one. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mostly good. How he could learn from Aaron Baines. How he could learn from... Al Horford, because they were both on the team at the time. How he could learn from Brad Stevens. We all have to be patient with him. We all have to trust him. And what did he do last night in Houston? He shot 100% from the bench. The first player in the NBA to do that since the 2012-2013 NBA season. So it hasn't been done in almost 10 years. He shot 100% from the bench. He went 7-7, 16 points, uh, 16 points, 13 boards, 3 blocks. Here's the thing. I still don't want him starting. The energy that the Time Lord brings. If the, if the Time Lord wants to finish games, fine, because finishing games is more important than starting games. But the energy that Peyton, Marcus, and the Time Lord bring is phenomenal. Marcus Smart is great with bringing energy. But if you can get it from the Time Lord, I swear to God, this team is so much different and so much better. Robert Williams is good. Robert Williams is getting better. Robert Williams deserves the stud and dud of the week. He might have deserved it the last week of the season. I forget who I gave it to. I think it was Kemba because Kemba was finally showing me something that maybe he was worth $35 million this season. Not saying that he is, but, you know, showing the type of player that deserves that type of money. But Robert Williams is good. Robert Williams is improving. Robert Williams needed a chance. And that's all I asked of you in episode one. Episode 1, 115 episodes ago, I said that Robert Williams was going to be good. Now, I'm not here to toot my own horn in any way, shape, or form, but it's been a rough year, okay? One year since all the pandemic stuff happened, not going to TD Garden, not working concerts, whatever the case may be. But I will say this. I was right about Robert Williams. I was right about Grant Williams. I was right about Romeo Lankford. I was right about Brandon Clark. I was right about Sadiq Bey. Listen, I watch a lot of college basketball. I'm not saying I should be a scout. I'm not saying I should be a, a talent, you know, type guy. But I know when a player can be good. And I called that Robert Williams was going to be good. You just had to give him a chance. And I'm glad everyone did. Because the Time Lord, a.k.a. Robert, William, Robert Lee Williams III, knows how to play basketball. And he's improving. And he's only going to get better. And I love it. But I still don't want him to start because 
I really think Daniel Tice works well with the starters. Daniel Tice only played six minutes. As long as the Time Lord keeps playing well and as long as Tristan Thompson gets a lot of offensive rebounds, we might not see Daniel Tice a lot. This is the last year of Daniel Tice, uh, last year of his deal. So what's going to happen with Daniel Tice going forward? I like Daniel Tice. I think he does a lot of thing, a lot of good things well. I think he has a good rapport with Kemba Walker, so it's going to be very interesting. And speaking about Kemba Walker, he is your dud for episode 116. He is out of rhythm right now. If you remember last week, one of my big concerns was, will Kemba Walker find his rhythm from the All-Star break? Because going into the All-Star break, he was delightful. And I was worried the time off would hurt him, and it has. He can't be jacking up threes the way that he is. He's got to attack the rim. He's got to find his shot at the free throw line, then start jacking up the threes. He wasn't that great against the Nets. He wasn't that great against the Rockets. We're not. We're only going to see him in three out of the four games this week because there is a back-to-back Wednesday night against Cleveland in Cleveland, so he's not going to be playing that game. So it's going to be very important for Kemba Walker to find his rhythm because I really and truly believe one of the reasons why the Celtics have won five out of the last six games is because of Kemba Walker, minus this past game against, or I should say the past week, because if Kemba played better, they might not have lost against the Nets, and if Kemba played better against the Rockets, they probably could have won by 40. So let's preview the upcoming week. Because to me, it's an important week. Three home games, one back-to-back, like I mentioned, which means no Kemba. And three of them are rematches. Three of the games are against teams that they have played before, like the Cavs, like the Kings, like the Jazz. They have not played the Magic yet. But the Celtics can go on a run after this Jazz game. After the Jazz game, before they play the Milwaukee Bucks on March 24th and 26th, two games and three nights in Milwaukee in a couple weeks, the combined record going into Sunday's game, this does not include the results of Sunday's games, but going into Sunday game, the, ne- the next four games for the Celtics, their opponent's record is 57-89. and 57-89. and 89. Every single team that they are playing after the Jazz and before the Bucks has a losing record. So let's say they lose to the Jazz on Tuesday night, and then they win the next four. We can say the Celtics are 8-2 and two in their last 10. I would say that is a good thing. That will help them in the standings and really try and figure out if they're going to be the four seed or the fifth seed. And maybe that will give Danny Ainge some motivation to make the team better, saying, hey, we can go get the three spot, especially if they play well on night one against the Milwaukee Bucks. Because I, I, I hate to look too far down the road, but that March 24th and March 26th, if you want any shot, of the three seed, because let's be honest, the 76ers are going to have the one seed or the two seed, and the Brooklyn Nets are either going to have the one or the two seed. Those are the top two teams in the East. And I understand that Joel Embiid hurt his leg. He's out for one or two weeks, or I'm sorry, two or three weeks. He's a great talent. I'm obviously not a fan of him because he plays for the Philadelphia 76ers, but if you take that aside, it's hard not to enjoy watching Joel Embiid play basketball. So in a basketball fan standpoint, I'm glad it wasn't something more serious. In a Celtics fan standpoint, you know, can the 76ers survive these next two or three weeks? They have been playing very well. Ben Simmons has been playing well. Tobias Harris has been playing very well. They must like uh, being coached by Brad, uh, Brad Stevens, Doc Rivers over Brett Brown, all that stuff. So let's just talk about the Jazz game real quick, and then we'll break down the other games a little bit more. But let us pray against this Jazz game. This will be game one of four on their East Coast road trip. They have cooled down a bit. 
they're 5 and 5 in their last 10 games. They've lost to the Clippers, they've lost to the 76ers, they've lost to the Heat, they've lost to some good teams. Can the Celtics finally beat a really good team at home? Listen, go, winning 5 out of your last 6 is great. It's needed. 1000%. It's needed from the Boston Celtics, but I really want a good win from a really good team because you could say, "Yeah, sure. We beat the Clippers. They're a really good team." Yeah, but they didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Well, what about the Raptors? Well, they didn't have Siakam and their head coach and OG Ananobi and Van Fleet and all those stuff. So I would really like a good win from the Celtics, and this is a good place to start. They lost to the Warriors yesterday, That they being the Jazz. I mean, Rudy Gobert had 24 points and, seven, and 27 rebounds. 27 rebounds from Rudy Gobert. The Jazz, their ball movement's ridiculous. They play great defense. They play as a team. The Celtics competed for three quarters in Utah against this team, and... They just shit themselves in the fourth quarter. They got embarrassed, and hopefully they can play with some fire, play with some revenge. Hopefully Marcus Smart can remind them of that. Marcus Smart wasn't on the floor, and that's okay. Also, this was the game that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker combined for 21 of 52, which you may say is okay, but here's the issue. Jalen had 12 of those 21, so that means Kemba and Jalen went, I'm sorry, Jason and Kemba went a combined 9 of 31. That has to change. It's not going to win you many games. That's why Kemba, like I mentioned during Sudden Dead of the Week, needs to get his shit together. Find that rhythm that he had before the All-Star break. The Cleveland Cavaliers game. Going into Sunday's game, the I think the Cavs lost to the Hawks. I think. But going into Sunday's game, the Hawks... Uh, the I mean, the Cavs were 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. They're 9-10 and 10 at home, and the last time these two teams met, the Celtics won 141-103. to 103. Here's the thing. Tatum didn't even play in that game. Celtics shot 50% from three. They shot 85% from the three-throw line. The Cavs will not have Andre Drummond. They've decided not to play him until he figures out what contender he's going to, whether that's the Lakers, the Nets, hopefully the Celtics, who knows. And they also might not have Matthew Della. De- 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 Oh, I can never say his name. Del Vadova. Yeah, anyways. Matty D. We'll just call him Matty D, all right? The Cavs score the lowest amount of points per game going, or I'm sorry, the second lowest amount of points per game behind the Rockets. So that's another good thing that for, for the Celtics because these wins are going to help them get a better playoff spot, help them get some confidence, and that's good. They have a bottom 10 field goal percentage in the league, but they do have some good players. I mean, Colin Sexton has some nights where he's fantastic. Jared Allen's one of the better young big men in the league. Larry Nance Jr. is a tough guard for sure. He's lengthy. He can fly. He's very athletic. Darius Garland, he's day-to-day right now, but again, another good top, another good talent. And this team, this Cavs team, can win games. But end of the day, they better, 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 better win this game. And the other positive thing is the Cavs, the same night as the Celtics play the Jazz, will be down in Miami. So they're also traveling into Cleveland for the second night of a back-to-back. And then these next two games after the Jazz and Cavs game, uh, you could argue could be kind of important for the trade deadline. They first play the Sacramento Kings, a.k.a. the Harrison-Barnes game. Harrison-Barnes is the hot and heavy rumor for the Boston Celtics whether they, won't, whether they want to use the trade exception or not. They're, Danny Ainge said on Toucher and Rich that he's not planning on using the TPE from Gordon Hayward's deal until the summer. Maybe that's just smoke. Who knows? But he is what the Celtics want, and you could argue he's what the Celtics need, a fourth scoring option. So Tatum can play more of the four. He's also a veteran because I think we can all agree this team does not need to get younger. 
He averages 16 points a game, six boards, three assists. Perfect fit for this team. He could fill that Gordon Hayward role. Obviously not the same type of playmaker that Gordon Hayward is. And he's also going to be here for a couple of years because his deal it ends in 2023. And each year, the money goes down. So that's a good thing. And, you know, he is a little older. But this will be the fourth of six games for the Sacramento Kings on their East Coast road trip. They also play Philly the following night. The Kings can score the ball. The last two times these these two teams met, or I'm sorry, the last time these two teams met, the Kings dropped 116 points on the Celtics. They also had no Kemba, no Marcus Smart, so that will obviously be a big help having both of them back. And the Kings actually make the fourth most baskets per game in the NBA, and they have a top 10 scoring offense. But here's the thing. They also allow the most points per game. They don't play any defense. The Celtics allow 111 points a game. The Cleveland Cavaliers, sorry, not the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Sacramento Kings allow 120 points a game. They have some great players. De'Aaron Fox is explosive. You could have argued he might have been an all-star this year, at least in the conversation. Buddy Heald can shoot the ball. Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best rookies so far this year. They got Marvin Bagley, uh, Holmes, both good guys in the paint that can rebound the ball well. This isn't going to be an easy game for the Celtics team. It's not a great matchup for them, but with the fact that the Sacramento Kings will be on night four of six on an East Coast road trip, you have Kemba back, you have Marcus back. I think that's going to be a good thing for the Celtics, and they should win this game. And then the final game of the week against the Orlando Magic is another game where the Celtics have been rumored to be interested in a lot of players. The first is... Aaron Gordon, whose deal is over the same time Marcus Smart's deal over. So if you trade for him, you're only going to have him for less than a season and a half. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent. So then you're going to have to make the the decision if you want to keep Aaron Gordon or Marcus Smart at the end of next season. I know that's far away, but that's how some of these general managers have to think. Then you have Aaron Fournier, who I really like, but he's a free agent this summer. He would be a great fit for this team to come off the bench. He can score. He can shoot. He's not the best defender in the world, but I would love to have him on the team. But the Celtics are also eyeing Nikola Vujicic. Uh, I don't see this happening unless they unload a lot of players. His contract is also up, just like Harrison Barnes at the end of uh, 2023 and his money goes down every single year which is great he was an all-star this year he drops like 30 points a night 15 boards literally the perfect guy for the Celtics you can get rid of Tristan Thompson you can keep Tice and maybe keep you know flip-flop Tice and Time Lord depending on the matchup who's playing well whatever the case may be but I really I, it would be stupid for the Magic to trade Vujicic he's arguably one of the top five best centers in the NBA but going into Sunday's game the Magic have lost seven games in a row. They're dealing with a lot of injury. Markel Fultz is out for the rest of the year. Cole Anthony is out. They're really good rookie point guard. James Ennis is out. Terrence Ross is day-to-day. Aaron Gordon's also day-to-day. Jonathan Isaac is out for a really long time. But I'm really not worried about the Orlando Magic. But here's the thing. I'm actually more worried about the fact that it's a Sunday matinee game. The Celtics suck in the afternoon. They can't play well in the afternoon. Now, maybe waking up in their own bed and then driving to TD Garden might help them, but that's when I'm more petrified over anything else. So I really think this can be an important week for the Celtics. If they can beat the Jazz and then go out and beat the Cavs and Kings and Magic, the game after that is the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Memphis Grizzlies, they're playing well right now, but that is another team with a losing record. The Celtics handled them pretty well. And then you have those games against the Bucks. So this is a big opportunity. The Celtics could rip off six wins in a row right here if you include the Rockets game. There is a possibility of that. And if they can beat, I'm telling you, if they can beat the Jazz, 
this team's confidence should be in a good place. And then you can destroy the Cavs, Kings, and Magic, and then the Grizzlies. Whew, they're going to be sky high. And Danny could be thinking, hey, maybe I should make a move. So it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But that's going to be it for episode 116 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Don't forget to go to BigNightShop.com and buy yourself some Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. Go to Manscaped.com, buy something, and use the 20% and free shipping discount code FINDYOURBALLS, all one word. Thanks so much. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Please stay safe. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.